This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, I'm Stephen Krasowski, Communications Manager at RMA. Today, I'm joined by Lisa McDonald, Chief Risk Officer at ATB Financial, to discuss how her bank has used KRI's KPIs to continue to meet the needs of its customers. Lisa, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Stephen. It's great to be with you today. So, Lisa, what are some lessons learned during this unprecedented time where traditional metrics did not reflect the reality of your situation? Thanks for that. Well, there are so many learnings from this environment. Uh, Lots of different uh, thoughts uh, come to mind. When I reflect back on the year, I mean, it really started, I was actually in California on vacation uh, when I heard of our first uh, case of COVID-19 in Alberta. And as it turned out, it was a team member of our financial institution. So I quickly uh, returned home and came back to an environment where things were moving so incredibly fast and there really wasn't a whole lot of information. And candidly, it was a little bit, um, it was a little bit chaotic. The environment uh, felt like chaos. And so when I reflect back on the year, a quote uh, from Game of Thrones comes to mind actually, where one character uh, says to another, that chaos is a ladder. And so when we set out to manage our way through this unprecedented time, we really looked at how we could leverage risk management to create a ladder out of this environment, both for our clients and for our team members. So we certainly weren't thinking about KRIs or KPIs at the beginning of the crisis. We started first with asking ourselves some very big questions. How might this impact our organization? How might this impact our various stakeholders, including our customers and our team members? And what might those stakeholders expect of us? And then with all of that information in mind, what did we need to do differently? And so at ATB, this actually started with our risk appetite statement. And we used our risk appetite statement as a reference tool to help identify what risks might derail our business plans And we also used it as a tool to assess how the crisis might impact our overall risk performance. And so with that perspective, uh, we completed our stakeholder analysis and then set out to do the work. And once we had a view of the job to be done, that's when we returned our perspective uh, to some key metrics. So we worked towards three goals. How do we keep people safe? How do we provide support to our clients? and how do we maintain the health of our organization? At the time, no one understood the severity of the situation and we were all moving very fast as an industry to provide support to our clients and our economies. And so we also used scenario analysis and other feedback levers to shape how we were responding. And every day we learned more and every day we were able to see where we might be able to better manage risk and where we could maybe even take more risk. So when I look back on the learnings, a couple come to mind. First is, of course, chaos is a ladder. And during periods of stress, risk management can really provide a path to work through the most unthinkable of times. Data, data, data. As we're thinking more comprehensively about our data strategies go forward, 
We also need to think about how we can access real-time data and what teams will need that access and whether or not they have the right tools. Data strategies need to be broad uh, and not just based on the least needed approach. During times of uncertainty, you also need to expand your circle of experts. No one has a crystal ball, but you can pull together a comprehensive range of scenarios when you bring in different perspectives and different views of the future highlight some different opportunities. The last learning I'd highlight is that don't let perfection be the enemy of good. When we're navigating the unknown, we just need enough to get a sense of how bad this will be so that we can organize for action. And as details become more clear, you can recalibrate and pivot from how bad can this be to how can we use this as an opportunity. Lisa, did you need to create new KRIs during the crisis? And are those still in place? Absolutely. Uh, we used uh, quite a few metrics. Uh, some of them uh, were traditional metrics that we had in place prior to the pandemic. Uh, we changed a lot of the reporting frequency on our traditional metrics. So some metrics that we would look at once a quarter or once a month, we moved to weekly and sometimes even daily. And we also created uh, new metrics uh, to help us uh, navigate the current, well, at the time, the current crisis environment. Uh, so we did have a comprehensive set of metrics that we relied upon to signal when we might be deviating from our risk performance. And uh, we looked to a series of other metrics to help us plan next steps in the organization. Lisa, have you changed your metrics on a permanent basis now that we have experienced a life-altering event, or should we rely on past proven metrics to move forward? I think you have to select metrics that can support forward momentum. Uh, taking a hard look at how things are changing should influence how strategy needs to evolve and then how metrics should also be updated. And so risk management will always rely on multiple tools and metrics. There are many tried and true measures that have stood the test of time, and it's upon risk management to also monitor for the unexpected. So we have uh, quite a few uh, metrics that um, we had in place previously that we've recalibrated slightly. Like I said, we're, repeat, we're reporting on a lot of them more frequently now. Um, and we have other metrics that are specific uh, to the pandemic, which I look forward to the day uh, when we can retire those. And a lot of those would include uh, tracking of external metrics, uh, such as test positivity rates, you know, the are not um, active case counts uh, in our communities and, you know, translating that into what we're observing among our team member community, including a numbers of folks uh, who have contracted uh, COVID-19. And now, of course, uh, we're able to track uh, the number of uh, vaccinations uh, that are being uh, worked through our communities. So, uh, we continue to monitor those new metrics. And as I said, I look forward to uh, retiring those when the time comes. Great. So Lisa, how did your second and third lines of defense support business process changes that were being made at an accelerated pace due to the pandemic? Oh, thanks for that one. This was really a moment uh, when as a collective, we needed to act as one team. So all good ideas had to be encouraged and shared across all of our lines of defense. And of course, we also needed to follow through on our line of defense model. 
And so early days in the pandemic, and this took a lot of work, uh, but we were able to set out clear priorities for what we expected of our client-facing teams and our first line of defense, as well as what was expected of risk management and other uh, support functions, as well as the third line. How that uh, came to life, it was that risk management was very heavily consulted by the organization on what might be possible, you know, where the risk floors really were, and how we should assess risk in this environment. And that happened across a number of different uh, teams and business units in the organization. We also proactively engaged our third line of defense, our internal audit uh, partners to lean in and reviewed all of the tools and processes that were being delivered on the fly to provide real-time feedback on how things could be improved or altered to prevent material errors. Lisa, how are you supporting the rapid implementation of digital and online products and services from a risk management standpoint to ensure that products and services are being delivered in a safe and secure manner, but while recognizing the need for expediency? This is truly a really hard one uh, right now. So we do have longstanding processes in place to evaluate risks inherent in our strategies and in changes to our products, services, and other business activities. But like all organizations, we are reflecting on how these processes are really adding value and how might we be able to better keep pace in this environment where digital disruption is truly upon us. So the primary concern uh, that we are focused on uh, right now is the acceleration of our capabilities to protect our clients and the organization from digital crime as we, along with every other financial institution and many other players in our economy, uh, move towards a more uh, digitized offering. So uh, we've still got a lot of work to do in this space. Lisa, what areas of risk still exist in your current portfolios? So we do have a number of uh, areas still that we are paying close attention to. As we look forward to a reopening economy, we will see a lot of firms and individuals who will uh, resume business activity and return to uh, pre-COVID levels of financial and credit health. And there will also be other individuals and businesses that are really going to struggle uh, to return to a performing status. And so credit performance is very much top of mind and something that we're paying close attention to. Obviously, as the world is moving towards rapid digitization and uh, all of the financial services industry is as well, ATB is also looking at where we might be able to accelerate our digital offering. And as we move into more of a digital space, you know, we expect to see an elevation in technology related risks. And so uh, that might be execution risks with regards to you know, accelerating digital investments. Uh, it may include uh, cloud-related uh, risks, and obviously there are third-party uh, risk management considerations that we're paying close attention to as well. The other thing that's heating up is digital crime. And so with the digital economy comes also an acceleration of digital crime, and many individuals now and businesses 
are dealing with um, bad actor interventions in, uh, in their businesses. And we are hearing more and more from our customers about situations where they have been victimized uh, by third parties. Uh, so that uh, remains uh, you know, a, a key risk uh, for us to monitor. And finally, we're still monitoring uh, the pandemic as everyone is as well. You know, even though there's a lot to be excited about with the reopening economy, there are still risks on the horizon, including the potential for future variants uh, and the impacts that those may have should they find their way into our economy. Uh, so those would be the areas, Stephen, that we're paying close attention to right now. Great. So Lisa, to wrap up, how is your bank finding the balance between those who want to look past the pandemic and go back to business as usual, while at the same time, there's a feeling that there's a lot of risk not yet identified. You know, this is always uh, the challenging part. Uh, when you're coming out of a stress environment, there is a lot of opportunity for growth and recovery, while there's still a lot of work to be done to manage the impacts uh, of a stress event. And so, we have to find a way to support growth while also managing risks. As always, it's challenging to find the right balance, um, to find the right steps to navigate uh, risk while also supporting healthy and prudent uh, growth. And so it's even more challenging now because of the vulnerabilities in our uh, oper operating environment, which I've just spoken to. So, you know, back to the early part of our conversation today, we need to, you know, keep focusing on building that ladder. What are the next uh, prudential steps for the organization to take uh, to manage its risk profile, to manage uh, risk within a risk appetite, while also, you know, finding those opportunities for growth and supporting the organization in its strategies uh, to offer products and services to our customer base. Lisa, very informative discussion today. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Stephen.